the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. As you know, it's Thursday, which means beautiful Paula is live in studio with me. And she's the fun one, the interesting one, uh, the one that everybody always says when they meet us out in public. Oh, Thursday's our favorite show. They might as well just say, why don't you have her every day and just stop talk? But Paula's live in studio with me. You're listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And we are delighted to take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions. Ladies, this is a day we set aside especially for you. Uh, if you can need anything from Paula, if you can be encouraged, 340-9585. That's 340-9585. You can also call toll-free, both men and women. Uh, at 380, I'm sorry, first of all, 877-380-5757. That's 380-KSLR. You can also send uh, your questions in via email by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. You can use the free Calvary Chapel mobile app. And the safest way to call uh, while you're in your car is using the KSLR free mobile app, uh, using the hands-free feature. Just hit the Call Now button, and you will be connected directly to uh, our studio producer. One more time, 340-9585. Paula, it's your show. Welcome to the mic. Thank you. I thought you were going to say, Paula, it's your show. Take it away. <laughs> Well, close. Okay. So, well, I'm funnier than you just finished saying <laughs> that. It would have been, it would have been funnier. Okay. So, hi everybody. Um, I heard Pastor Ron ask you to pray for um, a bunch of ladies and Pastor Chris and 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 me who are going over to Reynosa, Mexico, tomorrow morning, and uh, we are taking um, a group of ladies, and we're going to be putting on a retreat that we uh, did earlier this year for Calvary Chapel San Antonio. Well, some of the Calvary Chapel Reynosa uh, ladies, the pastor wife, pastor's wife and um, some of the ladies from their church came, and they, they've been coming for several years, but for this retreat, excuse me, they've asked us to uh, come and do the retreat for their ladies from um, serving, um, in any capacity from ushering to uh, serving food uh, to the worship to the teaching to uh, maintaining restrooms uh, the skit um, foot washing I mean the the whole thing and so I'm, I'm really excited uh, of course prayer I have to uh, uh, appoint certain ladies uh, to pray for their people who either get saved or rededicate their lives or um, just a reconnection with the Lord, you know. So it's going to be fun, you know. And the theme is uh, pardon the mess under construction from First <laughs> Peter 1, 5 through 7, where uh, we're building upon our faith, um, virtue, knowledge, um, perseverance, self-control, brotherly 
kindness, and love. I think I got all of them in there. Um, and so, yeah, so pardon the mess, we're under construction, and, and as I was telling you at lunch uh, today, no, maybe after lunch, um, you know, I was kind of thinking of Nehemiah, you know, when he's praying and uh, the walls in Jerusalem, uh, you know, the temple's there, but the, the walls are a mess, and so there's no protection. And so um, I'm just turning to uh, Nehemiah now, but it reminds me of... Um, of you, Pastor Ron. Not that you're the mess. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that you fit. Well, no, you're not necessarily the mess, but um, when people come into the church, um, we're, it's a hospital for sick people. We're, we're all a mess, and I, I call you uh, Mr. Foundation, you know, and so you help teach us what it is to have a clean, clear foundation. Well, so does Nehemiah. He runs through the town and, you know, he's looking all over the place, not telling anybody what he's up to, but he just sees what a mess. And so that foundation has to be cleared off. And so yesterday you mentioned a scripture of restoring to me the joy of my salvation. Well, that can happen if we will take the time to um, let the Lord examine our foundation and we get rid of all those things that hinder and the sins that so easily entangle us and um, again just be with Jesus because you know (laughs) he can be closer to us we were closer to him with less uh, clutter in our lives and so you know Paula we we live such busy lives that one of the things that we're really missing the point and this is why um, Nehemiah's uh, story is so important to us um God could have left that out of scriptures, but but as Paul says, these things are written as examples to us. Uh, we can learn from them. And Nehemiah went out all on his own. Um, here's this man God's put on his heart to go and and rebuild the walls of the city, which which really are the defenses of the ancient world. Mm-hmm. Without a wall, you'd be um, um, overrun by by enemy combatants continually uh, there would be no peace there would be no safety when Nehemiah heard that the walls of, of defense were in, in such disorder um, he really had this burden on his heart he answered the call mm-hmm. but the first thing he did when he went there and you mentioned this he went out by himself he didn't tell anybody what mm-hmm. he'd done and he went out on horseback and surveyed just how bad it was mm-hmm. and that takes time and that he went by himself speaks to us as New Testament Christians of taking the time to follow Paul's counsel to examine ourselves daily. We've got to be sure there's no clutter on our foundation. Before anything can be built, the clutter's got to be removed. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us as New Testament believers, we try to, with the, oh, I'm sorry, shouldn't have happened, but, but we don't remove the junk. And, and we wonder why our walls of defense keep falling down. We wonder why the enemy has such uh, a huge opening to attack us. It's because we haven't really taken the time to hear from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, before Nehemiah, he knew that before he could build a, a new wall, he had to clear the mess. Yeah. And I wonder how many times he thought that very first night, what did I get myself into? This is way worse than, than my family member told me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but he knew he was called to do it. Well, we're all of us called to remove the, the junk, the mm-hmm. clutter from mm-hmm. our foundations every yeah, day. Yeah, the dung gate. We have to yeah. go through the dung no. gate. And it, exactly what it is. One, one of my favorite Bible studies in third chapter of yeah. Nehemiah that yeah. I've done several times, mm-hmm. uh, not only here, but away from away from the church where I'm speaking other places. It's about the gates, the different gates you have mm-hmm. to go to. you got to go through the dung gate. you got to get rid mm-hmm. of, of the dung. Mm-hmm. And if you mm-hmm. do that, um, um, then God can start building on a sure foundation. Mm-hmm. That's from First Corinthians chapter three. Mm-hmm. We have a more sure foundation in Jesus Christ, and then the Lord can do the work. So um, it's really important when when Paul writes to the Hebrews, throw off everything that hinders. It starts with examining our heart, and I fear far too few of us really take the time, slow down in the Word, listening to the to the Lord in prayer. Um, I think far too few of us really take that seriously. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the ladies here talks about how she um, reacts or acts with her children, you know. Sometimes she can, and this isn't the one that, that spoke this past Saturday, but um, 
she says when the way she relates to her children, a lot of times the Lord will say, well, you're my child, so and how do I treat you? And it makes her stop and think. Ooh, and then the way, because the way she's been thinking um, kind of of her children when they're misbehaving is not the way the Lord thinks of her when she's misbehaving. He is full of uh, grace and mercy. And she says she is not. <laughs> and so she's learning how to be a little more gracious and a lot more merciful because that's how Jesus is with us. So that's, He's the perfect model for a parent, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, going through the dung gate in, in that case um, helps her to see the way the Lord does, you know, and washing our eyes, washing our hands, washing our hearts um, so that we can really examine those walls. Um, you know, the walls of our own hearts. You know, Nehemiah goes on, and I, don't, I think it's chapter 4. I'm not sure where uh, he's building, building the walls up. You know, they're building the walls up. Yeah, and, not four, but it's, it's oh, five. Um, but then there's still holes, you know. And even at one point, you know, one of the uh, opposers says, man, this is a crummy wall, you know. <laughs> even if a fox was to climb up on it, it would just fall apart. But if we will go through the dung gate and allow the Lord to help us rebuild, um, nobody's going to knock that gate over, knock and that, see, that, that wall over. That, that's really good news as well, because if I'm doing what I can, uh, even if I'm building a really crummy wall of defense, <laughs> Jesus is the one who, who fills in the gaps. Mm -hmm. Jesus is the one who holds it together. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, this just takes time and commitment. Uh, but we've got to clear the junk out of our lives and let God do the building on the, the foundation yeah. that we've laid clear. Yeah. Let him do the building. And then our wall to uh, the enemy of our souls looks invincible because it's a wall that was built in partnership with the Lord. Yeah, it says, um, you know, the the Geshem, Sam Ballot, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab, heard about it, about this rebuilding of the wall, and they mocked and ridiculed, you know, and that's what the enemy does for us, you know. We've decided, resolved, you know, no turning back. I'm going to go through this dung gate, and I'm not going to pick up the dung again. I'm going to go through the, the fountain gate and be washed clean, and I, I want to I do it right this time, you know. And so the enemies come along and says, what is this you are doing? You're rebelling against the king, the enemy king, yeah. But then he says, I answered them by saying, the God of heaven will give us success. When we want to serve the Lord and be clean for his glory, He's going to help us. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit is, that conviction. You, we feel it, you know. Um, and I, I tell this to other people all the time because, I, 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 you know, I can, get, I can get angry quick. You feel it. I can feel it coming, you know. And I was like, you need to quit, Paula, because that's not going to be edifying for the person or bring glory to the Lord, you know. So uh, that's just one of those small thing so if any of my fellow uh, Christians out there struggle with the same kind of thing you could say God I can feel that coming and I know that doesn't bring you honor or glory so please help me and, and of course we know the Bible says that righteous anger as demonstrated by Jesus is fine it's not a sin the problem is we're not very righteous when we're <laughs> angry usually and then we sin and and Paul writes do not sin in your anger so we we've got to stop ourselves um, uh, using that first Peter passage and 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 use self-control which is a fruit of the spirit mm -hmm. to say wait a minute that's not the right way to represent the Lord yeah uh, if we'll do that then we we don't say a bunch of things that we're later gonna have to apologize for and yeah. uh, hurt people's feelings oh, over and oh, uh, we, we can just say I choose not to go there yep Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any calls for Paula or any Bible question calls, we'll do the best that we can to answer. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Pardon the mess. <laughs> you don't look messy to me ever. Really? Yeah. Well, that's the praise of the Lord, because that's just the, those uh, Jesus-colored glasses. That's what that <laughs> is. You know, he stands between us, and he tries. He 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 really tries to help us. You know, make us look good. 
make it sound good. I don't. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to people to apologize to them for something. I know I. I'm sure I said it. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking it so much that I was sure I said it, or things that I have done and said. You know, please forgive me when I said this. And when they say you didn't say that, I was like. Oh, you just didn't hear it, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I said it. I'm so sorry, and they're, they're so sweet to forgive me. But then I kind of walk away talking to Jesus. You and I know. But, <laughs> Lord, I could have just apologized to you. If they didn't hear it, he said, no, you need to humble yourself and go on over there <laughs> and say you're sorry. So, <sighs> But, see, pride really keeps us from cleaning our foundation, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, we we don't want anybody to... It's, it's, easier to think, well, maybe they didn't hear or, well, you know, I I only said it because they did this or because they said this, yeah. instead of just saying, you know what, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And and pride is the sin of the devil. Yeah. Uh, the, the root sin behind all other sins. Uh, we don't want to expose ourselves. We want people to think more highly of us than is mm-hmm. is reality. Yeah. And, and I don't want, for me, I don't want, you know, I should know better by now. <laughs> But that's not, you know, I might know better, but evidently I didn't know it that well. Yeah, when when pride enters into the equation, we get crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we literally become insane, mm-hmm. and we're unable to think objectively. That's why uh, clearing that foundation quickly is so important, and then being with Jesus mm-hmm. in the process. Mm-hmm. Okay, because what is rebuilding the sheep gate? I know you've told me this before, but is that the fellowship sheep because we're sheep well the, the the sheep gate was just the the gate uh, in the walls that the sheep would come from outside to inside especially if there was danger looking it was the place that they would come for sale or they would come for slaughter they would come for shearing things like that so th- there would be a separate gate that the sheep would 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 come in uh, and go out um, uh, I guess the application for us of the sheep gate is that uh, we come in and we go out of the house of God. Um, we're supposed to come in sheep. We're supposed to leave sheep. But when we leave, we're not supposed to forget that we're sheep that belong to Jesus Christ, our shepherd. <laughs> and, you know, sheep, um, how can I say this nicely? Sheep um, happen to be a perfect metaphor <laughs> for Christians mm-hmm. because sheep might be the dumbest animal on the face of the earth. <laughs> Now, I don't want anybody to take this personally. When I've said things like this in the past, people say, well, I don't think it's fair that you compare us to sheep. I didn't. Jesus yeah, did. Yeah. Over my and sheep, over no, and voice. over. Yeah. Um, but, but, but sheep, um, you know, they'll look at, at slightly moving water and they won't run across it because it's, it, they're, they're too fearful. Sheep mm-hmm. are very, very fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're afraid of their own shadows. Uh, sheep will actually overeat if you don't stop them. <laughs> And they'll get to a place, it's a condition, a real condition mm-hmm. called bovine ineptitude. Ineptitude, yeah. And, and they'll get to a place where they'll, they'll, they'll get so full that they just lay down and they can't get up and they'll die. Um, well, what we sheep get full of is ourselves. Yeah. And that's where pride comes in. We get full of ourselves. And, you know, what we're to do every day, Jesus said to pick up our cross, means to empty ourselves every day. Um, so the sheep gate is is um, is vital. Uh, the other gate, and you didn't ask this, but the other gate uh, that means so much in this picture of the wall mm-hmm. is the water gate. Mm-hmm. The water gate is the only gate that needed no correction, no um, construction, and and obviously water of the word is it, a, a, a type of the the word of God. And we know that the Word of God is perfect. So when we come in through the sheep gate, we've got to go to the water gate. We've got to taste the Word of God, the living Word. If you drink of this water, Mm -hmm. Jesus said to the woman at the well, you'll never Never thirst thirst again. These are the answers for life. And it's what I've been trying to say on this show for the five years we've been doing it. Um, It is the Bible, the Bible, the Bible. And if we don't know it, not only are we unable to clear our foundations, uh, even if we really want to, we're unable to build anything because the only um, thing that we can use for construction that's perfect is the Word of God. Uh, being transformed by the renewing of our mind, the only place to do that is in the Word of God. So uh, when Nehemiah was building that wall, um, 
uh, he understood something that I think far too few of us understand, that when we are defenseless, we're going to be creamed by the enemy of our souls. He wants to destroy. He wants to kill. Uh, he wants to ruin our reputations. He wants to lead us into sin and take away any fruit uh, and joy from our walk with the Lord. Um, we have to have our defenses up, our walls. For married couples, it means that the home has to be a fortified wall. Husband and wife partners together in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, I've said this before as well. I've said everything before. <laughs> Not everything. You know, when you talk for a living for 22 and a half years, Mm -hmm. you say everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, in in our Bibles, there is only one example of a good marriage. I mean, in all the Bible, when I say this, many people say, no, there's got to be more. There isn't. Mm -hmm. Only one. Mm -hmm. And that one good marriage is found in the New Testament, Priscilla and Aquila, Mm -hmm. because they were partners in the work. They were partners in their work that paid the bills. But they were partners in the work of the gospel, and they used one another's gifts um, interchangeably. Um, they, they recognized, Aquila did, the, the man. Mm-hmm. Aquila recognized that, that seemingly Priscilla's the more gifted of the teachers. Mm-hmm. So when they were sitting down together and ministering, say, to Apollos to give him the more uh, accurate or mm-hmm. perfect word of God, um, in a situation like that, um, um, Aquila didn't say, "Well, I'm the man. You have to listen to me." Mm-hmm. He let Aquila, or let Priscilla rather, uh, share, and he did his part. He used his gifts, and they seemed to be uh, not only a fruitful couple, but uh, a happily married couple mm-hmm. in partnership with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Far too uh, many of our homes are lacking that component. A husband and wife, one flesh, walking together. You remember when you took me to a family picnic or some dumb thing a hundred years ago, and 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 they were having uh, uh, three-legged race Three-legged cycles, race, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was your family, man. Well, well, well. yes, because my family, they, we don't. Yeah. I don't know my family. Yeah. That was yours. But but you know, a three-legged race um, doesn't go well if you're not in concert with one another. And uh, I wasn't saved back then, and we certainly weren't in concert with one another. <laughs> and I kept you from winning the race. Well. And then I got saved, and praise the Lord, since that time we've been running our three-legged race together. That's the only way to fortify those walls. And um, those gates are instructive. I've got a whole study, if anybody's interested, mm-hmm. uh, in Nehemiah chapter 3. Uh, you can go to calvaryessay.com and listen if you'd like to. Paula, we're inside four minutes for this half. Sweet. You know, in uh, Nehemiah 4, verse 6, because I love I love our church, Calvary Chapel San Antonio. We're not just a church. A lot of people come, and they just sit, and they come, you know, just on Sundays, and they've been coming for years, and I don't even know their names. Now, that's really a bad testimony on their part um but there's way more of us who come and we are family um we're here not that you have to be at church every time the doors are open but we're involved in each other's lives through serving uh, not just sitting um and so in four verse six it says so we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height for the people worked with all their heart and that, and, and they work near their own homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we work near our own homes, um, and yet, you know, they had workers with one eye on the work and one eye, you know, ministering. And so I, I just kind of, 4 verse 6 kind of reminds me of our church. You know, we're all about learning the Word um, and then putting it into practice. And it's not just... It's it's for our family first, and I, I say this all the time. You know, if your Christianity isn't working at home, don't export it. Work on it at home first. Try to get that straightened out because the worst possible thing is, you know, your Christianese out in the public, yeah. but you're just a jerk or a jerkette at home. Pretending really stinks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it really yeah, stinks. Yeah, this phrase that you say, and it should just really kind of convict me, and, and I would ask questions of myself, question of myself. You know, when you say, you're just going through the motion. You know, before, um, I used to be scared all the time, you know, and just the, the tinglys of, I'm going to teach God's Word. And, you know, I was saying to you today, I'm not as nervous as I used to be, and I feel like, is that going through the motions? <laughs> but it, it, it isn't. You know, thanks, thank you that I can 
talk to you. You know, I have the gift of encouragement, but I don't have all the gifts. And so I can ask you this question. Um, you know, is, is that just going through the motions? Or is it that I'm getting a lot more familiar with God's Word, and I have, I have put it in, and I'm less afraid of, you know, not that I'm not afraid of saying the wrong thing. I still want to bring His message His way. But I, before, when you first got saved, you know, what, in me, I just didn't know God's Word that much. Um, you know, you didn't want me to go to church. You didn't want me to have a Bible. I didn't understand it to re- when I read it. But now I'm getting it a little bit better, so I'm not as nervous. But I was kind of computing that as to, man, I'm just kind of going through the motions. <laughs> you know? You know, let, let's come back to this on the other side of the break. But you know the thing I, I, I admire the most about you? is that every Bible study, you're truly examining your heart. Mm. And, and your, your intent is to make changes based on what you heard in the Word <laughs> and, and what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Sometimes you take it to extremes. <laughs> well. <laughs> but, but that's okay. Yeah. 340-9585, if we can help you with any question, if you've got anything that you want to talk about, 340-9585. This is the date day edition of the Word to Center for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. to the word to stand on for life we're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR now here's pastor ron arbaugh <laughs> welcome back to the second half of the date day program on thursday uh pastor ron arbaugh from calvary chapel in san antonio along with paula my beautiful wife live in studio 340-9585 for your live calls and questions paula before we go back to what you were talking about uh it's been a good day um we had a chance to sit with somebody very special um at breakfast this morning uh and this is somebody we've been praying for for nearly 10 years mm-hmm. and we're watching this change we, we he's a wonderful guy uh he's become a dear friend but he wasn't saved mm-hmm. and we're watching this transformation occur and it's just been great and he sat down with us and and he just said i just have to tell you guys i thank god for the 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 day 10 years ago when he brought you into my life and uh it was just we're, we're said, watching an answer to prayer you were with, you were with me every single day yeah, it was great. And, uh, um, and, and you know, I, I can see, um, while there hasn't been a dramatic moment, um, we've been watching the change. Mm-hmm. And uh, today, more than ever, I was convinced that this is a man who's given his life to Jesus. Mm-hmm. He came and sat down at the table and he said, he said, I got a Bible. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And so I'm giving him some tips on how to read it. And I am just just so grateful for the Lord. And it was a wonderful thing. He is so much like you. That <laughs> younger, better looking, but other than that, we're the same. He, he, yeah, he's yeah. your son. He's one. Yeah. Of, he's another one of your son's age people. Uh, but what a joy it was! And he, uh, again, he's so much like you that where you directed him to, he will be there. Yeah, and he will. He will get it. He definitely will get it, and he will have questions. Um, but he is letting the Lord convict his heart every day. He said. He says, I have um, so much stuff going on in my life, but he says, I am learning to live one day at a time. When I go to bed, I've spent the grace. When I get up, you know, um, he says, I just start all over again. I'm taking one day at a time. Yeah, it's so cute. Nearly 10 years we've been praying for for this man. Uh And uh, I I mention this because uh, all of us, we have people that we've been praying for a long time, and sometimes it's hard um, to keep, Praying, you know, how long, oh Lord? Mm. Um, but um, believe me, God is always at work behind the scenes. The other thing that I was going to tell you, I got an email, uh, and I think I'm probably going to get that because she just called on the program right now. So let's go to line one and talk to Joe from San Antonio. Joe, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Papa. Hey, Mama. Hi, sweetie. <laughs> 
What's going on? I I hate being the last to know stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I was working. I couldn't communicate much. But um, so I've been working at my job for five years. And um, my boss has been, um, um, well, he's, I tried to tell him about Jesus a long time ago. And, you know, unfortunately, I had to endure some, um, some ridicule for that and everything. But it was, it was really difficult there for a while. And I was praying for God to um, give me a new job. And I, I actually had a great prospect one time that he told me to turn down. And I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense, you know, but I turned Mm -hmm. it down. And (laughs) my boss, came to me today i'm probably gonna cry my boss came to me today crying and he said he knows he's not in control and he knows there's something more and he prayed to receive christ oh yeah (laughs) that that was worth staying in a bit of a difficult job wasn't it yeah i'd do it all over again knowing now now (laughs) what i know now Oh, so congratulations. Great. Yes. You're light. And so, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was saying oh, no, you're light. I'm waiting. You go. <laughs> okay. Your light was so brightly shining, Joe, um, that and then the, the aroma, the sweet aroma of Christ emanating from you irresistible girl good job <laughs> uh, i don't know how jesus did it but that doesn't describe how i've been for five years <laughs> but he, somehow, somehow he knew you know people tell me they're like joe i don't know how you do it and i'll tell them i don't know how jesus does it either you know mm-hmm. it's definitely mm-hmm. but um I just wanted to call in because um, being a new believer, you know, um, he's having some health issues right now, and I, I wanted to let him know that, that there's this false teaching out there that says that as long as you have enough faith, you know, God's going to make you healthy and everything. I said, don't buy into that stuff. I said, whether you get healed or not, he's there with you. And so I want to pray for his health issues and then just generally, you know, like a, like a hunger for the Word and getting closer and closer to Jesus. Thanks, Joe. Hey, tell him that your pastor wants to meet him, so bring him to church. And, uh, and, I will. and uh, we'll, we'll get some godly men to talk with him. I'd love that. Thank you guys so much. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Joe. Um, you know, those are the things that we live for. Mm-hmm. Um, um, this is a, a, a woman who is made fun of at work. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you're going to talk about your God again kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, many, many people in this radio audience have to deal with things like that. People that don't want anything to do with Jesus. Um, they're completely lost and they make our lives miserable. Um, those are the tests that God sets before us. And Joe, in this case, was faithful, and, and here's the payoff. She's mm-hmm. been in a job that, that was unbelievably difficult for five years, mm-hmm. and today uh, she hit the jackpot because uh, the family of God has been increased just by one. He could have been the last one. No, he but wasn't, because we, here we still yeah, are. Yeah, we're still here. But, but imagine <laughs> every day that full number of the Gentiles that we're going to talk about on Sundays in Romans chapter 11, mm-hmm. that full number of the Gentiles is decreasing. It's going cha-ching. Yep. And, and, and we're ready, and, yeah. and Jesus could come at any moment. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, Joe, our radio audience, I know, will be praying for him. Uh, whatever the health issues are, may the Lord bless him and uh, reinforce to him that um, we don't just come to God. He doesn't matter what our motives are when we come, mm-hmm. but but we don't come to God just to get healed mm-hmm. uh, or just to have our marriage restored. Mm-hmm. We come to God because he's the only answer for an eternity in hell. Yeah. And then he fills us with a joy like our other friend that we were talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Um, one day you wake up and you've got this unbelievable peace in your heart. And even if you don't know anything about it, it's there. <laughs> Great thing. Great. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. If you have any questions for Paula or any comments, Paula, let me take a um, a question that was just sent in from our email in, inbox from Richard. He says in Genesis three twenty, the King James version, it reads, "And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living." Some Bible versions have a different way of putting it, but what does it mean, the mother of all? 
is that to mean all humans or all created things, uh, i.e. animals, etc.? I often use the Blue Letter Bible app on my phone and try to educate myself with its resources. I hope this question would be on the date day edition, and maybe Sister Paula would like to answer the questions. God bless, and have a great day. Um, Richard, let me just say, and then I'll turn it over to Paula, but... Um, um, the the mother Eve is simply she is the mother of the human race, and all living um, um, is is probably incorrectly translated in the King James, uh, but it just means she is the mother of those who will live. Um, Jesus will be, uh, we know from Genesis chapter three, Jesus will be her seed, and um, um, so so that's the reference. Paul, you want to add anything to? Well, I only think of is you know means living humans there's different kinds of seeds and different kinds of animals there's birds get birds and crawling things crawling things but eve was a human being um and so living human beings is what that is it's it's you know like a, a person doesn't give i mean i can't give birth to uh, a raccoon you know, God has created all of us as people are humans. We we don't give birth to, we give birth to our own kind is what I'm saying. So yeah. Eve, uh, the mother of all the living people. So Yeah, and, and Richard, the NIV and, and some of the other newer translations um, have the, the, um, the, the tense correctly. Uh, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Mm-hmm. And whenever God talks about living, um, he's talking in the context of a, of a living soul, a spirit. Uh, and and that's a reference to those who will inherit eternity, whether in heaven or in hell. But, but once we're created, once we're born under this earth, we are all eternal beings mm-hmm. uh, forever. So... Um, and, and, uh, can I say one thing? Remember, Adam was here, and, and God let Adam... Uh, name all the animals that went before him, which brought that hunger to Adam to have a mate. So the living animals and trees, remember, they you can't eat from these trees. Those were already there. And so Eve, the people weren't there, just, just Adam. And then God brought Eve out of Adam's side. And so that's when the people came. The animals and the trees were already here. Yeah. So, Richard, I hope that helps. You know, that's a, a great um, um, study, anybody who wants to to um, consider what it was like for Adam to be alone. Um, you know, we, we can go back to Genesis chapter 2, and um, Adam is all alone, and God has this plan. Uh, Adam is living in a perfect creation. Adam doesn't know anything um, except perfect he has no hunger for anything at all. So God, on his own initiative, has all of the animals come by Adam, and he gives them names. And, you know, Adam would look at Mr. and Mrs. Elephant, male and female, Mr. and Mrs. Hippopotamus, male and female. And then he would eventually get to a point, remember, just hours and hours of this, how brilliant Adam would have been to name them all. But he, he finally gets to a point, sort of like me, when I see new church buildings go up. Oh, goodness. You know, everybody has one but me. You know, <laughs> poor me. Why does the elephant has a mate, and the hippo has a mate, and the lion has a mate, and the tiger has a mate, and here I am all alone. You see, Adam didn't even know he was lacking anything. But God loved him so much that he created in Adam this desire for his own mate. And that's when God touched him, put him in a deep sleep. I want to say that again, put him in a deep sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Adam didn't go out looking. If Adam would have gone out tearing the jungle apart, trying to find some of the best he could have come up with was a chimpanzee. Mm-hmm. No, God put him in a deep sleep. And he woke up and there she was. Mm-hmm. And Genesis says, he said, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. That is not the first thing he you said. You know that's not what he said. The first thing he said was, wow. <laughs> girl, 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 Lord Jesus, give me her. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, great, great story. Uh, <laughs> 340 What's next on your agenda, Paula? <laughs> well, just like with Joe, you know, sometimes you're at that job and, it's like, is anything ever going to change? You know, you get up in the morning. Uh, 
for instance, we had we got subpoenaed. You said that, <laughs> and we're in. I was just over. It was that. horrible, <laughs> but you know we get there nine o'clock and they call us in. You know, around what nine thirty, and that the judge, right away, I see her just put her face in her hands like another day of this. <laughs> You know, any any plan I might have had about becoming a judge was ruined. Right oh there. yeah, forget yeah. that. <laughs> no, it's like another day of you know in the halls of justice. It was horrible. But anyway, I'm thinking, um, you know, when she gets up, and you know, how much zeal is there in getting up for that job? <laughs> but for Joe, you know, this kind of the same thing going to this job that. She's praying to get another one because, uh, but in Christ we can be those who are never lacking in the zeal because we know we're going to work even at that place with Jesus, for Jesus, because of Jesus, that he might use us. And if we can, I, I, you know, that never be lacking in zeal, I put behind there on my notepad here, a freshness to the call, a freshness to the call. Well, you can be sure that Joe has been given a freshness to the call because that's one down. How many others in there has she been talking to, praying for? But but not only that, all of those others are going to see the change in this man. The boss. The boss who's Mr. Jerk, and Mm -hmm. and I know him well because I was him. (laughs) But um, everybody else can see that and wonder what happened, and Joe's going to be able to stand there grinning like a Cheser cat, saying, I know, I know, I know. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, imagine, uh, we've seen dominoes fall in situations like this. Yeah, yeah. Joe, if I said I'm proud of you. Yeah. God yeah, bless you. We're just really proud. But, you know, that never be lacking in zeal and, and for all of us to desire daily a freshness to our calling. You know, uh, we can get tired. And I think um, if we do get tired, uh, and that burnout thing, it's because things aren't happening either the way we want them to or in the speed we would want them to um, yeah, and, and sometimes we want to check out. And so um, the guy in New York, at, he wanted us to do the pizza place with his sons, and he was in a job that he really didn't like for a long time, and, and yet the Lord kept him there. Yeah. Uh, Paul's reference there is his man named Al Brock. I got to work in New York uh, on the one-year anniversary of 9-11 uh, with his wife, Jeannie. Uh, uh, at, a, at an evangelistic outreach, and um, she told the story about all he ever wanted was to get. He was a very successful, very wealthy um, trader, um, but but all he wanted was just to work with his family and give hungry people pizza for free if they needed it. Mm-hmm. But he just wanted to, to be with his family so that so that together with the Lord they could work. And God mm-hmm. made him stay at that place for more than eight years. Um, no, don't quit. Don't quit like Joe. Joe wanted to quit, had an opportunity, and God said no. Well, this was the payoff. Well, uh, Al was in that building and died on 9-11. Um, but um, the last thing Jeannie heard from him on that phone was, was uh, I got to go. I'm not going to come home. Uh, I'm going to go be with Jesus today. But right now there's 50 people on this floor that want to give their lives to Jesus Christ, so I got to go. And he hung up on his wife to go, to go save them. Yeah. And um, you know, God's always working behind the scenes, and um, rather than question his plan, we just need to be obedient. Yeah. And Joe was, and Al Brocka was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they teased him. They called him, oh, pr- preacher man, you know. Uh, I'm sure he's heard Bible thumper, you know, or that kind of thing. But right now, does that matter? No. He just remained faithful, steadfast, and... Those 50 people knew who to go to. They sure did. When those buildings were going down and they knew they were going to die. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I want a freshness to my call, Lord. Well, you know, the freshness, Paul, and zeal is a funny thing because we have a tendency to think of zeal as being really outgoing, really excited, really hyper about something instead of a zeal is really a consistency. What are you going to say, babe? What are you going to say? Just be with Jesus. Just be with Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) 
that, that's where that fresh <laughs> zeal comes from every day. And it has to be focused on what he wants us to do. It has to be focused on him, not for anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, we can be zealous for the work, and I hope we as Christians are, but our zeal has to be for him. Jesus, when he was overturning the money changer's table, said, your zeal for your house has consumed me. Well, Jesus has to consume us. And that's zeal. It, it, zeal has all kinds of personalities. There's always the outgoing person, the guy that's talking a mile a minute and always active and doing things. But, but, but the, the steady, consistent, loving, kind man or woman is, is just, if not more, just as zealous mm-hmm. as the person who's really out there. Mm-hmm. So we mistake zeal for emotion. And I think sometimes that's what you do. You know, I'm not zealous enough. Mm-hmm. In, instead, it, you know, you have to be excited. You just have to be committed. Yeah. And that's what zeal looks like. Zeal looks like commitment. Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul is talking about. Yeah. yeah. You know, talking about commitment. You know, I was telling one of the ladies who came to the prayer breakfast the other day for the first time. And we've been doing the prayer breakfast besides starting the church in 1995 is the second ministry of Calvary Temple San Antonio. And at the beginning, it was at our apartment, 414. <laughs> and for the first six weeks, in fact, it took me about three weeks to tell you, I think the Lord wants me to do a prayer ministry. Do you think that's from the Lord? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> the devil would never tell you to start a prayer ministry. So anyway. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, for the first six weeks, you know, Nobody came, and I was so good. It was just an hour or so, just kind of quiet time, me and Jesus. That first time a lady came to my door and knock, knock, knock. Is this where the prayer meeting is? I said, I wanted to tell her, no. Go on. <laughs> Go on. It's just me and Jesus. You interrupted my, in my flow. So anyway, I invited her in, but that's, that's when that started. And then when we moved to the house, it became a once-a-month thing. But I fixed breakfast and all that kind of stuff. Before, we didn't have any money, so you want to drink a water? <laughs> I, maybe I have some ice in there, but um, there was no snacks or anything. But now it's prayer breakfast. Anyway, this lady comes, and it was just a really, a really sweet and special time. And she was thanking me, you know, and stuff like that. And I was thinking, oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't even want you here. <laughs> <laughs> and I told her that story. But all I could think of is the Lord says, you see, all I want you to do is open the front door. The people will come in, and they will pray. <laughs> But it's just been such a fruitful ministry. Um, and I always write down, you know, the notes of when people are praying. So then when they give me the praise report, I can say, hey, remember when we prayed this? And then this is when the Lord answered it. So it, it's just, I, I, I used to try to get out of it, you know. Lord, can't we have this prayer meeting at somebody else's house? You know what he said? No. <laughs> Our, our ladies' prayer breakfast is every Monday, the first Monday of every month. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless we're out of town, then we move it, or it's a holiday. Yeah. Um, um, we move it to the second Monday, but but every month we do it. Mm-hmm. And um, the the number of consistent ladies, um, and 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 I, I know those ladies are praying for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you hear them pray for you. Uh, it, it's it's just a wonderful, sweet time of fellowship. Uh, but but prayer matters a lot. We have a, a additional. We have a that you and I lead uh, every Saturday if we're in town. If yep. not, one of the other pastors leads it. Yeah. But uh, people can come and be prayed for. They can just pray with us. But the idea is that we actually believe that prayer has power. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 I never hear somebody's heart better than when they're praying. Mm-hmm. And we've seen um, people completely transform just as a result of getting involved in prayer ministry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just been a wonderful mm-hmm. thing to watch. It sure has. Um, and, and a Saturday morning prayer, you know, by and large, it's a woman thing, you know, I, it seems like. Um, and yet our Saturday morning prayer time, it's starting to be pretty much the men. And, you know, when the men pray, the Lord says he wants his men to come and lift up holy hands in prayer. Um, our, our church is going to be better because of that. The families will be better when men actually do believe and take the lead. Um, 
Yeah, we had somebody come in late this past Saturday to the prayer meeting, just a few minutes late, mm -hmm. and they saw, wait a minute, there is more men than women here, mm -hmm. and and hallelujah, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yes. Uh, men need to be men of prayer. That's the example mm -hmm. we need to be setting for our wives and for our children. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't expect anybody to be here every Saturday. You and I are, if we're in town. But mm -hmm. um, but everybody ought to be here some Saturdays. Mm -hmm. When your schedule permits it, if you really believe in prayer, you're eager. Mm -hmm. And I think for our Saturday group, and it's probably this way the ladies group, but I wouldn't know because I'm not there. That's right. We uh, kick you out. Yep, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm kicked out. <laughs> but uh, uh, at the Saturday group, um, the, the overriding sense uh, in the group is is one of gratitude. Mm -hmm. that Jesus is more eager to hear my prayers mm -hmm. than I am to offer them. Mm -hmm. God wants to hear us. God mm -hmm. wants to answer. Mm -hmm. He wants to say yes. He wants to change lives. And um, you know, we got a pretty good, steady group on Saturday mornings. Mm -hmm. You've got a good and steady, but oh, growing yeah. bigger group. Yes. Um, we're going to need a bigger house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but those are good things. Mm -hmm. And um, um, that's where you really get to know somebody's I was going to say, to hear the prayers, their hearts, you get to know the people in a way that you wouldn't just normal conversation, but when they pray, you know, you, yeah, it, it's just been a huge blessing for me to get to know the people. Paula, we're inside one minute. Mm -hmm. So what do you want to say? Um, uh, thank you for uh, asking people to pray for us. I'm not so nervous about teaching in Mexico because I have, you know, uh, interpreters, but the, the travel and the crossing the border, you know, um, just want to make make it timely um, and we really want to be a blessing to the people there in Reynosa so pray and that you'll be closing with communion I'm sure yes okay. yes sir foot washing and communion well I'm the husband left behind so I would appreciate all of you <laughs> praying for Paula and the ladies <laughs> as they go hey thanks for tuning in today this has been a special edition of the program the date day show with Paula live in the studio uh, Lord willing I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 the word KSLR see you then God bless you Buenos dias <laughs> Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>